Hi, this is Lacey. This is Jason. From Bourbon House, and you are listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. are listening to the free form rock podcast is everybody in is everybody in is everybody in the ceremony is about to begin well you know i started in ottawa canada when i was 14 or 15 and we just played, there was no original music. Uh, we only, you know, we played Beatles songs, Stones, Hendrix, uh, whatever was popular at the time. And uh, a lot of old rock and roll and a lot of blues, I guess, and stuff like that. Because we had so many sets a night, you know, playing in these clubs, we would literally start about 8.30 and finish about 2.30 in the morning, you know, we'd do like five, six sets. Um, so yeah, we, we would do some jamming and we would, uh, you know, encourage other musicians to show up and get up and play with us because, you know, we're just like, sick of it and stuff. We did a lot of jamming, but uh, yeah, which was cool, you know, there was a lot of jamming going on. You could pretty much show up late at, at any club anywhere in the area and, uh, and get up and play. Uh, nobody minded. Everybody kind of got into it, really. So that was kind of a cool thing because uh, when I moved to England, in, in London in 1975 and uh, I was so dumb you know I'd go out to like the Marquee or the Red Lion and Fulham and there, there really wasn't much of a live music scene you know guys certainly didn't play five sets a night you know they, they played maybe one little set at the pub once a week you know but I would go out when I first got there to like the Marquee or some other the Red Lion or some of these pubs and bring my guitar and go, hey man, I'm from Canada, I'm a hot shot guitar player, can I get up and jam? It's like, no, we don't do that here, you know. They just didn't do it because they were all playing original music too, which was kind of cool, I, you know. Uh, that's what I wanted to do anyway, which is why I was in England in the first place, so. Uh, after about five years, I was 20 years old and, uh, and I'd been playing in these bars and I played with Ronnie Hawkins for a year in Toronto and you know, that sort of did whatever it was going to do, as much as it was going to do. So I, I went to London, England, and, and I really wasn't going to have the Pat Travers band. I was going to form, make a band. I wasn't even sure. I, I hadn't, I was never the main singer at that point. I sang a song or two and sang harmony, but, you know, I was always just a skinny guitar player in the band. And um, so when I got to England and I started putting the band together, I, just, I kept looking for another guitar player who could sing and I couldn't find anybody. So I just ended up being a three-piece band and for uh, I couldn't think of a decent name for a band so it just became Pat Travers band, you know. Actually the first album was just Pat Travers. I think the first couple of them. And um, so that, you know that's how that happened. I, I came became the singer by default. So the you know, the Pat Travers band with Tommy Aldridge, Mars Cowling, and Pat Thrall, which was, you know, we, we were getting some place. We had the live album, and we had Crash and Burn, and, and it just all seemed to be like smoke in a jar, you know. Once it came out, there was no way to get it back in. And so, uh, you know, I went back to being a three-piece, and that's when Sandy Gennaro joined the band in 1981. 
and uh, I don't know, just the, the 80s for me, you know, especially you went along. Well, Eddie Van Halen, as cool as he was, really had the worst effect on guitar players. Just at the beginning of 2012, uh, Cleopatra Records asked me to do a couple of songs for some tribute albums that they were doing. And then they asked me if I could do a, a song, an album worth of uh, songs from the 1920s. And uh, what was interesting about that was that I actually knew a little bit about that. I had been listening to a lot of Chicago blues, Howlin' Wolf and Muddy Waters and people like that, and reading their bios and their backstories. And there were, you know, a lot of these guys that I covered on, uh, you know, Sunhouse and Blind Willie Johnson. And, uh, you know, they were influences to these, you know, Muddy Waters and Howlin' Wolf and all those guys. So I knew a little bit about them. and But then when they offered me the album, I really got into it and, you know, checking out all these people. Really, it made it so much easier to, to, to find the songs, to find the lyrics, to find some history about them, you know. There was only one song I couldn't get the lyrics to, and uh, that was by um, uh, Furry Lewis. And uh, there was one song that I wanted to do, and uh, I couldn't find the lyrics. And I just, you know, didn't feel comfortable about making up some lyrics if I couldn't understand them. So I found another song by him called Jailhouse Blues. And uh, so what I did was I took the music from the first song I wanted to do and took the lyrics from Jailhouse Blues and threw them both together. And it came out to be a great song. It turned out really good. And uh, Bessie Smith. Did a song called Nobody Knows You When You're Down and Out. That's definitely one of my favorites. And she was awesome. She uh, she even did like, uh, they they would film uh, sort of like music videos, you know, and they would show them in theaters, I guess. They were only as long as the song, three, four minutes. And they were these big productions. So, you know, she was well ahead of everybody, you know. And uh, a lot of blind guys, blind Blake, Blind Willie Johnson, Blind Lemon Jefferson. Oh, I got four at least. I guess they were bumping into each other a lot back then, you know. All right, welcome to the Technical Difficulties Podcast, where the power went out here in California. I'm, re I'm doing a Lee Gishman and recording on the phone. Now. So, Lee Gishman? I can't say his last name, so I just gave up. But uh, man, Jerry, man, this is your episode, these, and we got a guest, man. Yes, we do. We got a very good guest, man. One of our favorite guests, man. Joseph Scott, how you doing, brother? Doing good, doing good. Excited to talk about this album. Yeah, man, good. And how are you guys doing, Shane and Mark? Shane, we'll start with you first. What's up, man? Good to go. Good to go. Good to go, man. All right, it's good to hear. M-A-T, what's up, dude? What? I said M-A-T, what's up, dude? Oh, M-A-T. I'm not used to people calling me M-A-T. It's either Marky T or fucking Mark or I'll just start Marcy or whatever. Marky Mark? Oh, they call me Mark and Marky Mark, too. Yeah, I've heard that for years. They go, Mark, where's your funky bunch? I go, I left them at home. <laughs> but, man, it's great to be on a podcast. It's great to have no power here in California. And I have two podcasts to record today. Hopefully the power comes on by the second podcast, but uh, man, so what's what's going, guys? Anything happening, Joseph? Anything going on in your world? Well, uh, as we're recording right now, just getting getting things ready for Christmas. I mean, we're not going to be hearing this one for a while, but 
as we're recording right now, getting last minute stuff done. So doing doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh Mooger, what's up with you, man? I heard you've been drinking all night. What's going on? <laughs> no. <laughs> I we heard you had, were on a bender. <laughs> we had some uh dinner plans last night that were actually for seven days from now. So uh yeah, that was kind of fucked up. Um no man, just kind of getting over being sick and had a really busy week leading up to the Hollywood uh Hollywood, the holidays. Um yeah, man. Just looking forward to hanging out with all you guys. Yeah, man. This is gonna be a cool episode. What are we doing, Jerry? We're doing the fucking greatly and the and majorly underrated uh Pat Travers band live album, Go For What You Know, man. This fucking guy is an amazing freaking performer, dude. I mean, this album will just prove what a great live act he has. Um, I was supposed to see him a few weeks ago, but I got sick and I couldn't go. That pissed me off because he was on my bucket list as far as, you know, you know, wanting to see somebody. I hope he comes back again. I know he's getting up there. I think he's close to 80, I think, by now. I don't know, but he's definitely up there in age. But, man, um, just great studio albums uh, that, his solo, his uh, debut album, uh, Making Magic, Putting It Straight, Heat in the Street, man, just back-to-back early classics, man. And uh, although those are great studio albums, the way he, you you have to experience Pat Travers live, man, to really appreciate how great of a live band he has. And this album proves it. He's got a great lineup in this band, including Tommy Aubridge on drums, man. That's, uh, okay. Everybody knows him. Yeah, mm-hmm. looking forward to talking about this. This is a go. This is a go-to live album for me, especially when I'm driving, man. It's just, it's not perfect. It has a couple duds on it, but for the most part, man, it's a great fucking live album, man. Looking forward to this. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward forward to it. The only song I really knew by him was, uh, you know, what's that? Snorting whiskey, drinking cocaine, or whatever. Because <laughs> I did yeah. a video to that, smoking whiskey. But uh, man, I'm looking for the album on here real quick so I could have the track listings. Because I don't, I usually have this on my computer and you guys on the side, but uh, since my fucking power went out. But, uh, man, uh, Jerry, so how did you get into Pat Travers, man? You know, just how I got into everything, man. Just hanging out with people and listening to music growing up as a kid, man. Um, yeah, just, you know, partying and the radio, everything. I don't know. How do you get into music? You just hear it for the first time somewhere. I don't know the exact moment, but... Uh, you know, was, I'm glad I did because he's a fucking amazing guitar player. So, you know. What about you, uh, Joseph? Well, you know, growing up listening to classic rock radio, of course, they would play snorting whiskey, drinking cocaine. But, of course, also from this album, when I say boom, boom, you yeah. say <laughs> I feel the lights. the lights. They played that on classic rock radio all the time when I was growing up. So I knew Pat Travers. Yeah. Through those two songs specifically, but then as I really started getting more and more into music, I mean, I think probably close to 10 years ago already, when when Ralph and Ian made their top 20 live albums list or whatever it was, I think they both had this album on their lists. And that was really a big gateway for me, all the, all the albums that they mentioned that I didn't already know. So stuff like this, stuff like Frank Marino and Mahogany Rush Live, albums like that getting more into those albums that's how i really discovered this album specifically all right man I, like i said i only knew that snorting whiskey drinking uh cocaine stuff and did a video to that i got three videos on the freeform rock podcast youtube 
check that out. We got over a thousand subscribers now, so thank you guys out there. I'm hearing this seven weeks later. But uh, Mooger, man. Well, I tell you what, man, um, kind of like Joseph, like classic rock always played the boom, boom, out goes the lights, the snorting whiskey, drinking cocaine, and uh, there's some legendary stories of him rolling through my hometown um, with a legendary DJ called uh, Doc West at 104, Rock 104, so... It's, uh, you know, I have never heard this record other than Boom Boom, because they always played the Boom Boom live. I've never heard this record, and I'm so glad you picked it, because it was so fucking enjoyable. And we'll get into that as we go through the tracks. Yeah, man. Um, like I said, I only know that one song. Because I heard an interview with uh, Eddie Truck, and I go, I want to check out that song. That sounds cool, snorting whiskey, drinking cocaine. I went, oh, this song fucking rules. And then for some reason, I had a brain fart, never went and listened to his other stuff. And I, I'd like to thank you, Jerry, for picking this album, because this got me on, the, on a roll to start like going to listen to his studio albums. This guy is fucking amazing. Yeah, they're, this is- they're, they're good, dude, but fucking listen to this guy live, man. It's out of this fucking world, dude. It really is. Fucking total fucking... I mean, it's just, just the power of his live performance, man. It's just, you know. And I, and this is just a record. I can just imagine how good it is live. And I'm so fucking pissed off that I got sick and wasn't able to see him a few weeks ago. Man, I hope he comes around again. I really do. Mm. Yeah, man. He seems like a good guy to see. <clears throat> but, man, uh, thanks for picking this album. And the only one, like I said, I only knew that one song. But I know who Pat Thrall is. I guess he yeah. was the inspiration around a about snort cocaine, <laughs> uh, snorting whiskey, drinking cocaine, because he came in and Pat Travers goes, what were you doing? I'm a snorting whiskey, drinking cocaine. And Pat Travers goes, well, that's a song. <laughs> so, <laughs> I heard that story on Eddie Trunk with him. But uh, let's get into this album, man, because I don't know how long this battery will go on my phone. All right. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. <laughs> well, I got 78% right now, but I don't know. You know, if you're on like an app, it like drains really fucking quickly. Uh, I and Lee gets to plug in his phone while he's recording. I can't right now. <laughs> so let's Move get on to the, let's get into the first song, Hooked on yeah, Hooked on Music, uh, Joseph. I mean, right from the beginning, the guitar sound on this album is absolutely fantastic. I mean, producer uh, Tom Allen, who would later produce a lot of the classic Judas Priest albums, produces this and he does an amazing job the sound of this album is just sonically so brilliant and the guitar sound especially but then you hear tommy aldridge coming in on the drums and that guy is just a beast on this album and pretty much everything he's ever done and i've seen him live a couple times he's just such an amazing drummer so the one thing i'll say about this album lyrics clearly are not their strong suit especially some of the early stuff um but the good part about that is they know their limitations, and that's why, like, two-thirds of every song is just great instrumental passages. Mm. And so the instrument, the instrument, the instrumentation of it all is so great, it almost kind of takes – the lyrics kind of take a little bit of a backseat, which is good. Uh, in this case, some of the lyrics are a little cheesy, but the instrumentation is just so amazing that it really doesn't matter. But it's like, I think it's a great song instrumentally with some, with some cheesy lyrics. What do you think about it, Jerry? 
Dude, I mean, what Joseph said, man, this wastes no fucking time, dude, man. The guitar riffs on fire right out of the fucking gate. And I was going to comment on the lyrics a little bit later. Yeah, you're right, Joseph. They're not exactly, you know, they're, they're strong, Steve, but you don't even notice it. The, the musicianship and the fucking, you know, the tune itself just speaks for itself, man. This is just balls of the wall rock and roll, dude, man. Tommy and fucking uh, Mars Calling are on fire as a rhythm section, dude. You know, it's a great, you know, rhythm help with Pat as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, just fucking incredible opener. Gut punch right away, dude. Five out of five. All right, man. So then we get to you, Mooger. Dude, um, this record, Tommy Aldridge and Mark Howling. I mean, come on, man. What a better rhythm section. The entire record, MVP, is going to be this rhythm section. And this song, it doesn't get funkier than this. It does. It gets way funkier than this, but man, I give this a four out of five. It's a great song. Cool. Yeah, man. This is a first time listener to this album. I've been meaning to get into this, like I said, forever. Like I said, I know that song. Uh, but man, this makes your booty move. Listen to that bass and the drums. His vocals are amazing. This makes me, like I told you, it makes me want to do a deep dive. Uh, this is fucking great, man. That bass fucking rules on this song, man. Uh, they're they're both playing leads, right, Pat Thrall and Travers on this? Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking, you could hear some dual lead guitars yeah. going on here and there. It's fucking cool. I like this fucking track. And we get to the next one, which Mooger picked, Getting Better. So here we go, Getting Better on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
Okay, Mooger, you picked getting better, man. Well, so damn funky. That's all I'm going to say, man. I mean, this band had the rhythm section, had the bass, the guitar, the drums. Everything was so good. If you're not moving, if you're not moving about half of the way through the song, check your pulse because you're not living. Four out of five. What do you think about it, Joseph? I mean, this is another great track. I think it's very Zappa-esque almost. It feels very Frank Zappa at a lot of points in this song. The bass guitar work on this is just absolutely amazing. Mars Cowling is just doing a fantastic job on this song. And then the little the little kind of guitar riffs back and forth throughout. And then the lyrics in this song especially kind of remind me of Zappa. It's got some weird lyrics and the way that they're singing it. Overall, I think it's just an amazing song. What do you think about it, uh, Jerry? Yeah, this song was actually, I think it was co-written by Mars, you know, off the foot in the straight album, which is a fucking phenomenal record. Um, dude, I mean, let me say something before I do this song. 70s live albums are the fucking best, dude. Whether they're, you know, not entirely live or not, they're still the fucking best ever, in my opinion. Dude. I think it's the best decade of rock and roll, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, anyway, the song just continues, man. Kick-ass rock and roll, man. <clears throat> Excuse me. Fucking harmonizing vocals are amazing and guitars. Just out of this fucking world, dude. Rhythm and lead guitar work in this is phenomenal. Uh, I do like the studio version of this, but man, this live album fucking kicks, dude. This is another five out of five, man. Alright. This goes straight in. This got a fucking bluesy groove going here, man. Uh I'm just saying, man, did disco take those drums? Because fucking this this is has like a disco fucking like disco. groove to it with those no, I'm saying that they 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 heard the beat on this album and go, oh. we could we could do some rhythm like this because oh, disco was okay. disco was dead by the time this yeah. album came out. Oh uh, well, see, I don't this even was, know this fucking this was album. Late, this was late '79. This is '79. Okay, but but didn't he do this album? When did Getting Better come out? Like '77. Well, yeah, this is from the Heat in the Street album, I believe. This was '78 so. then. Yeah, yeah, 78, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Disco right. was dead. Yeah. I don't know because I fucking hate disco. <laughs> fucking you, you guys enjoy that fucking uh, BG shit. Uh, that's cool yes. to me. Uh, but but fucking, I like this is toe tapping. This band is on fucking fire. And then we get to go all night, Mooker. Hey man, such an enjoyable song. And once again, the rhythm and the backbeat and the drive, just awesome. Um. <laughs> What can I say about the rhythm section? Tommy Aldridge, I mean, come on. It's got a lot of high energy to it. I'll give it a three out of five. All right, uh, Joseph. Yeah, I think this is continue, just keeping it going. Love the intro riff on this. Some yes. really funky kind of instrumentation throughout the verses. So far on the album, I think it's the best song sort of lyrically and vocally. I think mm -hmm. it's just another absolutely great song on this album. What's weird? I didn't notice the, the lyrics, and I'm usually a lyric guy because of Neil Peart. Hurt. Okay, there you go. I was Hurt. waiting for that. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but the music was just so great, and I'm going, fuck, this rules. Nasty Groove to start this song. Such a killer rhythm. The band is grooving. The voice is fucking great. Those leads fucking are singing. It's like fucking ear fucking candy, baby. Then he goes in that rhythmic lead with the bass pumping. That drumming is knocking this fucking album out of the park. Jerry. 
Yeah, man. You know what would be fucking awesome back in the 70s? The headlining show, Pat Travers and Ted fucking Nugent. Would that fucking be awesome? Double live Gonzo plus go for what you know. Yeah, or, I was like, I was listening to this album. I was mad. I said, man, this and fucking Ted doing a co-headlining tour. Holy shit, man. That was incredible. But anyway, yeah, they're fucking opening the riff, man. You just when you think the first two are fucking totally on fire, this one is fucking blazing, dude. It ripped, dude. Amazing. Yeah, and Pat's voice is fucking on fire here, man. This guy could front the Lawrence Welk band, I think, and make it fucking rock. He's amazing. The lead work is sweet. You know, it fucking rules, dude. Uh, another five out of five, man. All right, so then we. Then we get to the last song on the album, Boom, 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 Out Go the Lights. Uh, I went Boom, Boom, Boom off because there's another song. All right, you can, boom, add a third, you can add a third boom. It's all right. Yeah, so <laughs> Boom, Boom, Out Go the Lights. Jerry, you picked this one. So here it is on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Sorry for interrupting the podcast. I just want to take a second to thank all of you for listening. Please take a second to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and follow us on Podbean and join the Freeform Rock Podcast community on Facebook. Now, back to the show.
Okay, Jerry, you pick boom, boom, out go the lights, brother. All right, this is originally written by somebody named Stan Lewis. I'm not too familiar with him. He was, was he a producer or in a band? Do you guys know? I think it's like an, it, I mean, like what Pat says at the beginning of the song, it's like an old blues classic kind of. Yeah. Uh, so it's, remember. It's, probably, it's probably one of those like early, like like the fi- kind of 50s, 60s songs. I'm not really, I don't really know the background of it very much, but that's what I kind of assume just from what he says. Yeah, I heard a couple versions of it, but this one is obviously my favorite, and it's probably the most popular one of the bunch. Um, definitely one of the best crowd participant songs ever, you know, done live. Um, I mean, we keep mentioning the lead work and the guitar playing, and the whole musicianship in general. It's just out of fucking sight on this album, dude. Nasty blues, man. The rhythm section firing at all cylinders here. This is rock and roll needs to be fucking... This is how it needs to be played, man. Um... I don't know if we're ever going to get this fucking great of rock and roll back again, but I hope we do. And this shit is fucking amazing. Let's keep it going, man. Another five out of five. All right. Uh, Mooger. Dude, Jerry, you are completely right because what kind of band plays this kind of music anymore? I mean, it, it goes without saying that the guitar playing on this record is a 10 above 10 okay and you got tommy aldridge you got mark on bass it's amazing um i heard this song so many times on classic rock radio in my hometown on rock 104 dak west remember it and uh yeah man i give this song a five out of five all day long I won't remember it because I'm drinking, but uh, <laughs> this is a this is a great song with some audience interaction. Love it when the audience participates in a live setting. You know this is a fucking good band. It's like fucking you got Tom Petty just stopping singing "Breakdown" and the whole fucking audience sings the whole fucking chorus. This is fucking amazing. Uh, the same thing. I just love this fucking. The great ones know how to get an audience going, and this guy is fucking no exception. Really great job on this album. This is fucking amazing. I think it's a great pick, Jerry. And then uh, we end with you, uh, Joseph. Yeah, I mean, like basically what Jerry said, this is one of the greatest audio audience participation tracks ever. I mean, it's just so good. And the audience participation part mixed with some amazing leads on this song. And then just like you said, Mars and Tommy holding it down in the back. It's just such a great, great track clearly the most memorable track off the album as far as like people recognizing it outside of the album i think overall it's just an absolutely great great way to end the first side of this album 
All right. And we get flip this bitch over if you have the vinyl. And we get to Stevie. And I'll start with you, Jerry. Well, they can't all be winners. But uh, <laughs> this isn't awful. But it's not the greatest one on it, man. I think Pat had a lot of emotion in the vocals, you know, in the song. But, you know, it's got it's great musically. But it doesn't have that feeling that the last four songs did. But, you know, it's still okay. I'll give it a three out of five. Just because of the rest of the album rules. All right. And then we get to you, Joseph. I mean, I still, I think this is a great track. I mean, I think it's such a great, kind of, it, it mellows out a little bit. There's some really unique guitar playing. But for me, this song is all about those harmony guitar solos about halfway through. Yeah, good point. I mean, that is what absolutely makes this song. It's some of my favorite playing on the entire album. Just the way that both of the Pats are playing together with those harmony parts is just so freaking cool. And then, of course, that rhythm section holding it down behind them. Yeah, I agree with you, Joseph. I think this song is fucking smoking with those dual dual leads. You know, fucking some Lizzie, some Tesla here. And those, uh, well, Lizzie was around the same time, but Tesla, I think uh, I'll bring that up later about Tesla. But this is a great fucking song, and I think it's fucking smoking as fuck. Mooger. Well, it's a very emotive song for sure. Um, the dual leads, the vocals, everything's like so perfect on the song. Is he talking about Stevie Ray Vaughan? I don't think so. Stevie Ray Vaughan was not around at that time. Yeah, he was. He was in 78? Yeah. Yeah. He didn't record anything in 78, did he? Uh, uh, Texas Flood came out in 80. So yeah, see, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I don't anyway, know. um, I just think it's a great emotive tune, man. I'll give this a five out of five. It's it's a great song. Wow. Right. Okay. I guess I'm the uh you're the odd one out on this one. Sensing village and shocker because I love this album so much, but I never really you know, probably because the last four, like I said, were just so fucking killer and this is kind of mellowed out a bit. So maybe that's what I'm you know, I guess I did I don't hate the song. I just didn't think it fit with the, you know, as, as good as the others. But those right. dual leads, Jerry. Oh, yeah, they're Damn. fucking ass thin. I gave it a three out of five. It's not like I dumped <laughs> on it. I know. Jerry loved it. It didn't have a cowbell. It would have gotten one more. Exactly. That's an automatic fucking point. You put cowbell in, cowbell in it, man, you got an automatic point. right there. Cowbell rules. Even on Motley Cruz. Come on and dance. Come on. That song rules. But uh, <laughs> then we get to the next track, Making Magic. Which I picked. So here's Making Magic on the Freeform Rock Podcast.
All right, I picked Making Magic. Uh, this guy must be a huge influence on Frank Gannon. Like I said, I'd get to him later. Tesla. I hear a lot of riffs and leads that sound like Tesla. Well, now I know who Frank loves. This song is smoking. And I should have said this earlier in the review. I haven't heard really any studio tracks by Pat Travers, except snorting whiskey or drinking cocaine, like I said it earlier. But man, this is a great fucking song. Fucking the solos are fucking great. I think this is the best song on the album for me, and I'm glad none of you motherfuckers picked it. Mooger, what do you think about it? Mooger? Mooger. Hey. Um, I didn't call you Shane. At- I called you Mooger. <laughs> well, we're back at it with, you know, we kind of slowed down for a minute with the previous track and the Make of Magic is back at it, man. High energy. Um, I just cannot say enough about the musicianship on this entire record. Not to mention um, the guitar players, the bass, the drums. Um, <laughs> wow, I'm giving it a I'm giving it a four out of five. All right, Jerry. All right, now we're fucking back on track with some fucking kick-ass rock and roll, dude. I mean, how many times can we mention how great this fucking rhythm section is? I mean, we can mention it every song, and, you know, and we mean it. It's not just, you know, filler what we're saying to fill up our time. <laughs> it fucking rules, dude. I mean, and, and the plane is phenomenal, man. This is, like, you know, great, you know, the lyrics again we're talking about. This is basically, you know, I want to fuck you music, which is nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? So, uh it's a banger, dude. I, I love this song. Spine tingling fucking guitar solos, man. The end. Uh, five out of five again, dude. Amazing fucking tune, dude. Off a great okay. fucking, off a great fucking album. His second fucking, his sophomore album is, is amazing, dude. Listen to it. It's good from the, from beginning to end, man. Yeah, I gotta do a deep dive, like I said earlier. But uh, Joseph. Uh, so, uh, just for fun, I think I'm gonna start playing a drinking game. And take a take a shot every time Mark mentions a song that is not on this album. Yeah, um, <laughs> I only mentioned one song. Yeah, the same one about the last fifteen times. <laughs> um, I love that song. Shit, it inspired it inspired me to make the snort whiskey. Come on. Okay. Anyway, making mad. This is another absolutely great track. The bass on this is absolutely amazing. The guitar solos, like Jerry mentioned, are just ripping, especially right at the end there. Yeah. Just another killer track. I mean, this album is just firing on all cylinders. Spoiler alert, this is a perfect album for me. Yeah. Well, I, I agree with you on that, man. It's fucking awesome. And I, I just want to fucking tell you, Jerry, thank you for picking this because this is going to put me, send me through the rabbit hole of Pat Travers. And I've been meaning yeah, to do it. I've been wanting to do this one for a couple of months now. For some reason, I don't know why it got pushed back for some reason. I don't know. You never told me until you told me. I told you. Well, yeah, I let you do all the, you know, the the the, the dates. I'm, I'm just saying, I had mentioned this a couple of months ago about doing it. We were talking about. Well, it's lives. your pick. You, I always say, what are you picking this week? Jerry? I don't, and also I don't want to do like two or three live albums in a row. We just kind of try to space it out. But this seemed like just I, I mentioned this about two months ago. I thought, but oh well, it is what it is. We're doing it now, right? You know, so no, but you have to tell me what episode you want to do on this date. I tell you, you tell me, and I go, okay. I never say no. I always said no to Lee a lot of times because he wanted to trick me with some jazz. 
Well, and this well, is well, a rock then. podcast. Uh, all right. There's no, uh, there's no such thing as tricking with jazz. Jazz rules. Well, jazz is cool, but, you know, he got me with an album. I think it was the United States of America, which is their – they were rock, and then they went jazz on that album he gave me. Never, <laughs> could get, never could get really deep into that genre, man. I never could. I've tried. I never really – to get into it, man. There's a lot of good shit in jazz, Jerry. You don't like Sting when he went jazz? Well, I mean, I like. You're gonna laugh at me for this, but I like I, I, people like Nora Jones. Would you consider her jazz in a way? Oh, I don't I like her. I kind of like her. I like her voice. Uh, also, I think that's kind of mainstream jazz. Um, uh, fuck, I can't think of any more. But her, but I know that I know I know there's more. Maybe I'll mention them later. But that kind of. Stuff I do like, you know, but uh, I'm I'm more into like fusion than I am jazz, like act straight oh, jazz. Yeah. But even like like early Miles Davis when he was like actually really jazzy, I thought really 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 good. But are you into the scat? it's funny though. I was thinking oh, Jim, Jim, like... Car- Jim Carrey and the Cable Guy, man. That was funny, <laughs> so. beat the shit oh, about in the bathroom. <laughs> That's a great fucking movie, man. <laughs> So who hasn't talked about this track yet? I think we all did. Okay, so then we get to the next track, which is Heat in the Street. Joseph? I mean, just keeps it going. Really good hard rocker at the beginning. Tommy Aldridge is just killing it on this one. Uh, it kind of, it, it mel- not mellows out, but isn't as, it starts really hard. It kind of gets a little bit more just straight rock. And then there's some really cool dueling kind of guitar solos. About halfway through, um, sort of um, one of the packs is kind of just playing the riff while the other one's soloing, and then they kind of mix it up a little bit. It's just really, really cool texture. Uh, but yeah, just a really, really great song. What do you think about it, Jerry? Yeah, it's another fucking uh, continuous onslaught of fucking me nasty blues rock and roll, courtesy of fucking the great Pat Travers, man. I don't know how cleaned up this record is. It don't sound that cleaned up. Maybe in parts, but I think for the most part, they're doing this live, man. I mean, and, and, and it just fucking rules, dude. One word that describes this fucking Pat Travers is fucking underrated right there, dude. This guy doesn't get much fucking, you know, respect out there, in my opinion, man. And what a fucking, the band he has with him. I mean, we keep, again, we keep talking about it every song, but holy shit, dude. What a backing band, dude. There's... There's no sitting down or piss breaks when you get in this fucking concert, dude, man. If you blink, you're going to miss something incredible, man. This is another five out of five. Yeah, man. Hey, Jerry, did you like uh, Sting's two jazz albums? I don't even remember them, to be honest with you. Oh, it was the first solo album with, uh, you know. Oh, under under somebody's... the Blue blue Turtle? I don't know. No, the, the Dream of the Blue Turtles. You didn't like that album? The only song that I remember from... It was a weird Sting song. Was that country song he did? Uh, I'm so happy I can't stop crying or something like that. You don't remember the song Russians? Uh, was I was like never, I was never record. a huge Sting solo fan, man. So I, 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 I like Fortress Around Your Heart, and that's about it. <laughs> that's it. I like, I like Fields of Green. Was it Fields of Green? Is that what it's called? That song? Oh yeah, that's a good song, man. That's a good Fields of Gold. Fields of Gold. Fields of Gold. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a decent song. And um, are we reviewing Pat Travers? <laughs> yeah, but come on, we gotta go off topic, man. Sting opened up for Pat Travers on this tour. Uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, I, I I saw Sting on the Nothing But the Sun tour, and he was amazing with that band with uh with Mar- one of the Marcellus brothers. 
Oh, that's fucking great. Joseph. It's, it's Joseph, never going to top Joseph, this. Joseph, it's never going to top this. Keep it down. You should keep it down. I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna since we're talking about live albums, bitches. Uh, Charles is in here, so I could call you guys bitches, right? Is that okay? No. no. Uh, I love Charles, man. He rules. But uh, I'm just gonna say, like in, what was I gonna say? Fucking a. I'm just gonna say, listen to the live album by Sting called "Bring On the Night" double CD. Uh, fuck, he does. A, he does a lot of good police songs. Honor, fucking great live album. No, you guys don't like it. I love the police. Love the police. But did you like Sting solo? Mark. Yes. Fuck yes. Hey man, we gotta go off topic. We only been recording thirty two minutes. Ten Sumner's Tales, baby. And that's a great album right there. Battery. (laughs) Huh? And your phone. I got seventy four percent still. I'm all good. Right, all right. Are we still on uh, making magic <laughs> or heat in the, the street? What, no, what we're on heat in the street, Mooger. It's your turn, right? All right. I'm gonna go. It's my least favorite song so far, but goddamn, the rhythm section on this song is fucking amazing. You cannot fucking kill Tommy Aldridge. Amara coming. I mean, come on, man. <laughs> this this song is so fucking infectious. And for me to call this the least favorite song on the track is like saying, What's I, the track? I hate I hate jelly beans because I love fucking jelly beans. Okay? Except for the black ones. Ew. Black ones suck. Do you, do you like? I like the black ones. I like the black oh, licorice nasty. ones. Licorice I flavor. love all jelly beans. Stop it. So do you love do you love the 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 what's that the Harry Potter jelly beans the buzz shots yeah do you the love snot the je- do you love the jelly beans of Sting's solo career yes 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 <laughs> I yes. do amazing I'm guy a diabetic who loves fucking jelly beans okay I got hey I'm a diabetic Fuck Jerry's you a diabetic all. we should change this podcast I'm into three by diabetics. I'm a- I'm a pre-diabetic who's keeping it under control. So am I. I'm type 2. I'm not type 2 yet. Let's eat some jelly beans and call it a night. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. All right. Who hasn't said anything about heat in the street? I got distracted. We got Okay. I like this song. This is fucking rock and roll, baby. This is one of the great things. This reminds me of like when we did that Foghat review. It's like I never really heard Foghat. I heard that live album, and this is fucking getting me into some fucking Pat Travers and fucking uh, what's his name? Ruben De La Rosa is probably going, yeah, he ain't listening no. But fucking Breed Lebowski, he ain't fucking listening to this. But I know that motherfucker loves some Pat Travers. But then we get to track number eight, which is the last track off the album, which Joseph picked. So here it is. Makes no difference on the Freeform Rock Podcast. Okay. We'll leave you with one from our very first record. This is a tune called, It Makes No Difference.
Okay, Joseph, makes no difference, man. So it's funny that the drum intro of this song sounds exactly like Over the Mountain by Ozzy Osbourne, yeah. uh, which Tommy Aldridge would eventually go on to play, although he didn't play it on the original album. But uh, sounds awesome on this as well. Absolutely killer riffing between the verses. There's this really, really tasty bass feature about two minutes into the track and leads right into this awesome guitar solo. And then the band is just absolutely ripping for the rest of this song. It's my favorite song on the album. The entire band just goes nuts. There's highlights for all four members on this song. It's just an absolutely phenomenal way to end the album. Uh, it's just it's just such a great closer. All right, man, I'll go next. Uh, Killer drums and bass to start the song. Man, he sounds like Billy Sheenan before Billy Sheenan. Fucking Peter Mars calling fucking rules on this album. Are you kidding me? I just figured out Tommy Aldridge played drums on this on this last song. And I was going, no wonder the drums are fucking killer on this album. There's a breakdown right before they go into lead. It sounds like 70s Rush. I'm like going, dude, that reminds me a lot of fucking Rush right there. They did fucking some riffs that was reminding me of Alex and the drums. Plus, there are parts of the song at the end that sound like Bitor and the Snow Dog, man. This is an amazing live album. I love it. People need to go buy this. This fucking album rules. Fucking, I give it eight out of eight long rips. Cheers. Rush. What did Rush have to do with anything? It sounded like Bitor and the Snow Dog, the riff oh, they were going okay, gotcha. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah. Dun, 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 you know, I like, don't know that song. So, well, what what the fuck? You don't know Fly by Night, bitch? I know Fly by Night. Well, you don't know Bytor and the Snow Dog? No. Oh fuck, we're reviewing. Dude, I told you, I'm, I'm a I'm a hits fan with Rush, dude. I told you that. Well, you need to go into the deep tracks. They got better deep tracks. I did, and I fell asleep. Oh, if I can listen God. to Trees one more time, I think I'm gonna, you know, I never. Oh, dude, fuck! Listen to Jacob's Ladder. All right. I don't know. Go ahead, really, Freaking well, I circumstances. I guess, I guess it wasn't. Circumstances. Hit, but Jacob's Ladder, I guess, wasn't. A, well, I guess it is considered a deep track, I guess. I don't know. But that's a it is a deep there. track. Entre Noir is Anyway, it makes, it makes no All difference, right. Mark. Oh, hey, what's the name of the song we're talking about? Yeah, man, what a great Please. way to fucking close this album, dude. This is off his debut album, dude, which is another fucking ripper, man. I mean, totally on fire. I mean, what more can you say? We've talked about how great, you know, the musicianship is in this song. You know, the rhythm section, everything fucking works, dude. I mean, if you get a chance to see Pat, man, go ahead and see him live because, you know, I'm going to regret fucking being... I should. I don't like getting people sick. So that's why I didn't go, man. I, I feel bad about that. But And he, he's still around, man. I mean, he's, he's silently been around. He releases something once every one or two years, it seems. But I never really, you know, recently listened to what he's put out. Maybe I need to. In the 80s, he kind of had a little bit of a lull as far, as far as, you know, great albums. I don't know. I don't know. He kind of lost it. But I am kind of curious to uh, get back into his, uh, or, you know, deep or dive into his newer stuff. Because I'm still stuck with his 70s and early 80s stuff, to be honest with you. But, you know, anyway, dude, this is a fucking great live album. I go to this one a lot. Like I said, especially when I'm driving, dude, it's a great driving record. Um, I'm going to give this album a 4.5 out of 5 as my final uh, rating for it. It's it's a must-have, dude, and a must-listen to. So please listen to this masterpiece. 
Fluger. Fluger. Well, drum intro, wow. Guitars are on fire, great vocal. Those are my first fucking notes. Everything about this record, I'm so happy that you recommended this record for me because I would never have found it or listened to it. What amazing musicianship on this record. And it if you don't move at some point in this record, you're dead. Um, so what I'm going to give it I'm going to give it a, a a solid five out of five. I love this fucking record, man, because you got Tommy Aldridge. You got Mara Cowling. You got great musicianship. You got, obviously, the amazing Pat Travers. But, whew, what a, what a record, man. Yeah. I love it. Five out of five. Yeah, man. So this was our uh, review. What was it, Jerry? Pat Travers, man, live, man. It's a fucking great record, dude. Go out and fucking get it if you haven't listened to it. Recommend yeah, it, dude. I'll go so for what, what you know. F- Excuse, live, go for what you know. Excuse me. Thank you. I was just going to say that if you didn't say it. But, man, let's get your final thoughts on this, Joseph. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely, from start to finish, a phenomenal live album. Like Jerry said, the 70s were the best time for music in general, but especially for live albums. Late 70s had so many great live albums coming out, and this is just another example of it. Absolutely killer. One of the best lineups of musicians ever assembled. Pat Travers, Pat Thrall, Mars Cowling, Tommy Aldridge. Such a killer, killer band. And they just put out an amazing, just absolutely, it's, a, it's, a, it's, not, it's not a long album. It just comes in, kicks you down. It doesn't let up on you, and then it leaves. It's just a great, great live album. R.I.P. to Mars, too, man. He yeah. A few years back. He was a fucking great, great, great fucking bass player. Wrong. I'm going to get to you last, Jerry, since you picked this album. You're the star of this episode. I, 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 pretty much, I pretty much did it when I did my review of the last album, so I'm good. I'm totally so you're good. good. Oh, we'll, we'll get to Mooger. What are your final thoughts, man? <sighs> An amazing record. Thank you, Jerry. Thank you for picking this because I would have never, ever gone to this record and listened to it on my own. But holy shit, it was a quick 46 minutes, man. I'll tell you that. Every song was enjoyable. Every song had funk. Every song had good drums and bass and guitar. I loved it. Thank you. Oh, man, I liked it. Yeah, it was amazing. You got now. I'm gonna go listen to all the Pat Travers, man. Uh, but then we get to our tracks of the week. But remember, this album was produced by Tom Allen. You know, it's Tom funny about Allen. that. I was gonna mention that earlier. It's like we did the uh, the Def Leppard uh, um, uh, on through the night, and um, I was like, I, I don't know who Tom Allen is, you know. But then again, here he is again producing an album. So. I know, and somebody told me he did all the Priest albums and stuff like that. So yeah, he did all this, all the '80s Priest albums, and he actually he did Firepower too. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if he did the new one. Did he do the new one with the other guy? No, I think I think Sneep did the new one. Sneep, no. Nah. I like Sneep though, but fucking KK would be awesome back in the band. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But then it, it ain't ever gonna happen because of that book. But then we get to our tracks of the week, Joseph. 
You picked Elton John funeral for a friend. Bleeding. Oh, you know, we haven't done an Elton John episode on this freeform rock podcast. yet. I know I, I've, I've been on a big Elton John kick lately. Uh, Funeral for a Friend, I mean, Goodbye Olympic Road is such a great album. Funeral yeah, for a Friend, such a killer opener. Dream Theater did a really, really good cover of it on the uh, Change of Season CP. Yeah. Uh, but it's just such a kick-ass song. And it's it's one of my favorite Elton John songs. Definitely, definitely an, an amazing opener. All right, then, Mooger, you picked AFI Girls Not Gray? Yeah. Why that that song uh, just puts a point in me in my life that was so so emotional, and I'm not going to get in it and cry and pull out the hankies right now with you guys. But <laughs> that that song was uh, it kind of saved me. So that's it. Uh... And then I, I went for because there's a song on this album called Making Magic, and I think I picked that song. But uh, Tesla, Making Magic from uh, the Great Radio Controversy album. Fucking love that song. Fucking rules. And then we yes. end with the guy who picked the episode. Jerry, you picked Of a Lifetime Journey. Yes. I mean, I, I fucking love the, the, the pre-Perry era, era, era a lot. And especially the last few years, I've really been fucking getting into it. Especially ever since they, uh, you know, Neil did the thing with Greg Raleigh, man. Hearing them do some of those songs live were just fucking great, dude. You know, it kind of sucks that Greg and Neil are on the outs again because I would love to have them keep doing this, you know what I mean? As a side project, a journey. Would, I, I would have loved to have seen it, you know, live. But uh, actually, back to what uh, Joseph was saying, man. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road, man. That'd be a fucking great album to do, dude. I mean, the songs on that sucker, man. Fucking what, Betty and the Jets? Candle in the Winds on there. What else is on there? Fucking uh, Saturday Night's All Right for Fighting. Oh man, yeah. fucking hey, that'd be a great album. Title track. But Jamaican, Jamaican Jerk. I'm just gonna say that, but I'm not gonna Jamaican say what jerk. I think. Yeah. yeah, Jamaican Jerk Off. You mean <laughs> Jerk that's Off? What whatever. That's what it's called. That, uh, that I, I know. I know. I just did. I just want to be cool with the ladies here. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta be. Uh, yeah, we'll put that one on the on the calendar sometime. And definitely do that. We should yeah. put that on the calendar. We should put like uh, any album except any '80s Elton John album. I think is gay, but. Uh, I don't. <laughs> Well, he is gay, so there he is. There you go. I love that. Sad song, sad song, sad song. Oh God, people! Yes, that's why they call it. I guess that's why they call it the blues. That's one of my favorite songs by that. That isn't that. That I'm not going to say anything, but that is cool. But but Jerry, I just want to ask you something. Just want to ask you something. I think all the people in our groups are like being like trendy and going for old journey, not with Steve Perry now. I think that's a trend I'm seeing in the groups. What do you think about that? <laughs> well, maybe because we talk about it a lot. I mean, we're bringing it to the forefront. At least I do. I mean, I would recommend those first three albums. Yeah. I mean, Over before, Escape? Yeah, because I just... Departure? I mean, Arrival? I'm not going to deny those albums did better, dude, but if you're... Oh, no, I like Arrival. A lot, of people <laughs> group, a lot of people in our groups are musicians, dude. That If you look back on those first three albums, dude, Neil's work, uh, Ross's work, Ainsley Dunbar's work. That's never been Infinity. Steve, Smith, Steve Smith's a great guitar, a great drummer. I mean, in my opinion, but he's, Ainsley. I didn't mean a rival. I meant Infinity. But anyway, that that fucking foursome, dude. Well, it was actually originally you was skipped, a five. Skipped Evolution. 
Um, oh, evolution rules too, man. I'm, I'm just saying those are those are those are not better than the first three without Steve. They were They're there's a lot of a lot of great jams, dude, which I love. As a, okay, as a but player. I I like those albums, but I'm saying the C Perry era is my fucking classic lineup. That, that, okay. That's fine. That's good for you. I mean, I, I love the Steve Perry era. You're, you're missing the point. I just love that era a little bit better because of the musicianship, dude. I mean, there was no the same musicianship no, was on there. No, there was no holding. The back. Songs are different. More jams. Back Jerry then. Face. Mother, Jerry. father. Mother, yeah, father, dude, it's old, it's great. Do you music, hear the words Mark. that are coming out? Of it's good music. I'm just Edge of the Blade was a great song too. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm doing, just giving you doing, shit, Jerry. Doing, doing, doing. Bring my head against the fucking wall sometimes. Talking to you, Jerry. Jerry, I'm just what? giving you shit. You know that. Come on. I gotta be the yin to your yang. I can't always let you get the right I point. I got something for you to yang mm. now. <laughs> Let's wrap it up, kids. Oh, dude, I have already... Uh, shut up, Mooger. <laughs> I'm, right, so, I'm glad he's doing this. See, if you have somebody that fucking, you know, is like, suck the shit, get on with the show. I love that attitude. So keep it going. All right, man. man. Well, I'm trying to keep I it going. I hate bunny trails. Okay? <laughs> bunny trails. We stick to the okay. fucking point. We wrap it up. We go home. <laughs> All right. You got a second podcast to record. How about 10 minutes after this? Yes, sir. All right, man. Let's get the fuck out of here. Thank you, Joseph, for being on here. Joseph, uh, Jerry, you want to say goodbye to everybody? Goodbye, everybody. And thank you, Joseph, for being on, man. Appreciate you, man. Thank Joe, you. Nice meeting you, man. Yeah. Fucking, uh, Joseph soon. rules, man. Nice well, meeting check, you, Shane. <laughs> check out his podcast with our former co-host, Charles Trainer. What is it, yep. Joseph? Uh, what's the story? What's the story? All right, check that shit out, man. We love you, Joseph. Talk to you guys later. 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 Bye. Peace. Peace.
You have just listened to the Freeform Rock Podcast. All music played on the Freeform Rock Podcast belongs to its owner. If you like it, go out and buy it. Get your music on Amazon, iTunes, or at your local record store. Support what you love. Support the artists by seeing them live. Purchase their music. The Freeform Rock Podcast is not affiliated with any of the artists or music that we play. Thank you for listening to the Freeform Rock Podcast. We'll see you on the next episode. Until next time, stay free and rock on.